You're listening to This Is Ibrox, your Rangers podcast, brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them on 01453887179 or via email hello at hhhmortgages.com. Hello and welcome to your new edition of the Rangers Women's Podcast. My name is Scott Patterson and as per usual, we are very lucky to be joined by a player from, from the, the women's setup on this week. But first of all, we'll do the standard introductions. Joined again this week by Courtney McKenzie. Hi Courtney, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yes, very well, thank you. Good to have you on, thank you. It's a pleasure as always. And Graham Falk joins us again. Hi, how are you mate? You made it sound like that was a bad thing, like, oh, he joins us again. Yeah, I'm again. Fine. Yeah, man, <laughs> we, we've managed to drag you out. Took me out of, took me out of, of retirement, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was going to retire from pods after the last one with Woolly, but no, it's fine, I'm back. He's kept you going, has he? <laughs> yeah, convinced me, mate. And listen, we're very pleased to to be given some time from the, the women's team's captain, Brianna Westrup, joins us. Hi, Brianna, how are you? Good, no worries at all. Thanks for having me on. Yes, thank you. Really appreciate your time tonight. So tonight we'll cover a wee bit about your career, the season so far, how you kept yourself going during COVID, I, I think will be a, a big thing that we'll cover and we'll look ahead to the games that are coming up, two big games on the way, Sunday and Wednesday, of course. Courtney, um, we're going to start with you. You are in the press conference today with the manager, Malky Thompson, and I know you and him have developed a fantastic relationship already. Um, let, oh, us know a little bit, let us know a little bit about how that conversation went today. Oh, it was just talking about, obviously asked him about the expectations of Sunday and um, as always, the focus is on Rangers and his words is, we're Rangers and so we expect to win, the players are the same, every member of staff is the same, you know, it's just that that Rangers standard. Um, spoke to him about Baladevi as well, she will be in the squad this week after a, a bit of a sore face um, and he was also very elated to hear that Northern Ireland qualified for the Euros, so a happy man this morning and it was a pleasure to be speaking to him as always. I think one of the things that struck me from the pod that, that Willie done with Malky was the the belief he has in his squad, I think, in the first instance, but a real a real passion for, for what's going on at the club right now. Yeah, I think so. Um, he's obviously a really passionate guy speaking to him. I think, as it was, you know, I spoke to him sort of off-air about someone in my family that played under him at the, the Rangers Youth, and he remembered his name, his personality, and everything, asked how he was doing. I think he, he's obviously someone that cares an awful lot about not just the club, but the people within it as well. Um, I mean, we ended up chatting to him for how long, Courtney? About it felt like about five hours, if I'm honest. Yeah, he can I talk. Was looking at my phone, and I was like, my phone is saying it's half ten. Is that correct? Like, was, honestly, it was like, right, guys, I'm gonna let you go. And then it was like eleven o'clock, and it was like, no, I'm actually gonna let you go now. And I was like, I actually, don't want you to leave because this is just amazing. Some of the things we've hit out with, it's just bang, bang, bang. It was absolutely brand new. I love him. And it was all sort of Rangers as well. It was like literally not two hours of like life. It was two hours of Rangers. I think it's someone who obviously really loves football, really enjoys people and conversation, which is something, as you probably have noticed over the past few episodes, I can 100% get on board with because, uh, yeah, people person, I would like to say that I am. So a people person is absolutely right. That's exactly what I bracket you as, my friend. Um, yeah. Brianna, 
as I say, fantastic to have you on. I uh, really appreciate you joining us. Of course, you join a, a rich list of now women's club celebrities. We've had Nicola on. <laughs> um, we've had Kirsty Howitt on, who we'll speak a little bit about tonight, who seems to be finding the net with everything that, that she, she touches just now. And of course, we had Malachi on last time. So you do have big boots to fill, but I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine. Um, I hope so. <laughs> so you came up here from, from Newcastle in October 2020. Let us know a little bit about how the move to maybe Newcastle in the first instance occurred and how you've eventually arrived at Glasgow? Yeah, so basically before I was at Newcastle, I was in Denmark um, playing for a club out there for like four months. Um, previously, I was in college, so I was looking for a team to go to and I, upon graduating college, I had to get surgery on my ankle. I got like bone spurs in my ankle towards the end of the season, so once the season finished, I got surgery and then I was just kind of looking for a club to get minutes and play again and get game time. And it just so happened like a player on the men's team at my university, his parents had just bought a club in Denmark and needed players. And so uh, they asked me to come across and help them out um, for a promotional like short season. Um, and then after the conclusion of me being there, um, I decided, look, I kind of think I want to play in the UK. I've always wanted to play in the UK just because I have family out here. My mom's actually from Dundee. And I was like, right, so that'll be what I kind of look for next. And again, just through connection of like my first ever coach from home when I was like four years old, connected me through someone that got me into a master's program uh, in Newcastle at Northumbria University. And then when I was there and I met the coach there, they kind of had this dual setup with the university in Newcastle because she was coaching at both. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. Um, get some education, why not? <laughs> and then after obviously lockdown had happened in the yeah. March and I'd kind of decided as great of as a time that I had I was like uh wanted to try to push for maybe a division or two above um and so got contacted um I feel like all of this happens through connections one of my best <laughs> friends growing up in in football like had just she was a year behind me in school graduated like had this agent I was speaking to her our parents are really good friends and so they were out at dinner one night and they were like you should get so-and-so's agent to talk to Brianna and I was like <laughs> okay and so then she kind of like represented me because um, obviously at that point I didn't have a team I had told Newcastle I wasn't going to come back um, even though it would have been very comfortable for me to come back I mean I enjoyed the environment quite a lot but I think for my career I wanted to try to push on um, to a higher level um, and then went home for a couple of months because I hadn't been home for about a year and then it just so happened that she had obviously my agent put out like my CV at different places and Rangers kind of came back did their due diligence um, asked a few of my previous coaches kind of how I was on the field and like as a person and they then offered me obviously a trial period to come out and kind of see me um, in the environment and then ultimately offered for me to stay a bit longer. So that's kind of how all that came about in a very short uh, explanation. Excellent. Um, just to touch on really quickly your time at Newcastle, I hate saying that word. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so I don't think it's any secret to people after we've done a few podcasts that I obviously work within Northeast women's football and, and just to kind of give people clarity, Newcastle are a fourth division team, basically league two in 
in a version of, of the Women's League, so not as like a Premier League side. So it's quite a jump, but I think um, without blowing um, smoke up your backside here, I think a lot of people in the Northeast knew that, you know, understandably you were one of the standout players in that side. Um, you were someone, I think, who won players, I think you won player of the year in the, the COVID season that ended 2019-20, I think, is that correct? Uh, if it was like within our team, I think they might have voted me player of the season, but yeah, maybe. I'm not 100%. I think we'll so take maybe. it. I'll, I'll, I'll fact check it. Very, sure very gracious, that, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not Impressive. sure. Impressive. <laughs> I would have definitely just said yes, you moved on. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, yeah, at least you're yeah. honest about it. Um, but the jump up is, you know, I've known a few people who've, who've done that jump from the third division to, I mean, Charlotte Post obviously just left Hibs, but she did the jump from, um, obviously the league above yourself towards the, the Scottish Premier League and, and the jump towards Rangers is, is a massive, massive jump. Um, did you feel like you wanted to jump that high straight away where you maybe think about going elsewhere, somewhere maybe in like Italy or something? Because I know a lot of players think about going elsewhere or did it just, what made Rangers feel so right for your progression? Um, I think in my head, I went back and forth with the idea of I could theoretically go to mainland Europe, right, and play for a team out there again. Um, and I was trying to weigh the benefit of staying in the UK because you'll get more exposure to teams here if you're playing here, um, as opposed to playing in like a, a different foreign league. So I was like, would it be beneficial for me to play on like, if, if Rangers didn't like happen, like on maybe a lower tier, staying in the UK to get exposure versus playing in a higher division, maybe abroad, like, because my, my end goal is I want to be playing here. And so I was going back and forth for a while. And in my mind, I didn't have any doubt that I could make that jump. I think it was just more so, obviously, you need to be exposed to that speed of play. And so for me, I played at the top division in college. And um, my college is like in the top like 10 universities typically in the country every year. So it's like highly competitive. A lot of my teammates are now on the U.S. Women's National Team in the NWSL, stuff like that. So I've played with and against really high competition. So in my mind, I was like, I just need someone to give me the opportunity to like show them that I can play at this level. Um, and so kind of when I went home in the interim, I made sure that I was, I literally trained like six times a week, sometimes multiple times a day. And some of the people that I had grown up with played in Argentina, Spain, whatever. And because of COVID, they were all home. So we would just all get together and train in the morning. We would play like pickup on like futsal one night a week with a bunch of guys that still played and stuff. So obviously that pushes your speed of play. So for me, it was more doing everything I could to be ready. And then when that came knocking, um, I felt that I was in a decent position, but I would still say like coming to Rangers after the first kind of segment of games before the Christmas break, like I was still getting fit, I would say. Like I wouldn't say I came in super fit. I came in with good, like obviously knowledge and like belief that I could get there, but you can't replicate playing 90 minutes and being full time and stuff like that. So for me, more so than anything, it was really just trying to be ready for the opportunity. Um, and so I was obviously very um, grateful that Rangers decided to kind of see how I got on when I got here instead of being like, oh, she's not fit right now. Let's move on to someone who might be ready at this second. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it was, if my timeline serves me correctly here, 
I think it would have been early March. I think it was March the 2nd was like the last set of fixtures in, in those divisions. And it, correct me if I'm wrong here as well, as happens an awful lot in those divisions. Um, Druid Park, for example, Bedford Terrace, the, the stadiums in the northeast. If it's bad weather, sometimes that's it. And we're not talking like slightly bad weather. And I think there's quite a few games called off from then. So it might have even been sort of February. Um, and it took you till October until obviously you started playing new games again. So are you quite pleased with how quickly you you managed to make up that lost game time, shall we say, and, and sort of hit the ground running? Because if, if I'm honest, you would have never noticed that you hadn't played for six, seven months. And like you say, game time, as fair as you keep game time, such a big thing. So are you quite pleased with how well you hit the ground running then? Yeah, I think in a weird sense, lockdown benefited me because um, I was obviously playing for like the university team as well as Newcastle United. And I was kind of getting to a point in the season, right, where we were in postseason for the uni. I think we actually made it to the finals, but then the finals got called off. And I was really just managing like injury at that point. Like my quad kept flaring up, my hamstring kept flaring up. And I wasn't really like training super hard during the week. It was really just like, what can I do to be ready for a game on a Sunday or on a Wednesday if like it's the uni. And lockdown kind of came at a weirdly good time personally, because I was like, I feel like my body just needs to take a minute. So kind of through that lockdown period, I stayed in Newcastle until, uh, was it June or something like that? Because I was still doing like taking online classes. So I didn't want to have that like massive time difference between America and here. And it was just easier for me to stay. So um, I kind of just worked out to stay like mentally sane. I didn't really put a lot of pressure on myself to like stay super fit again, because I didn't know like how long it was going to be until we were playing and you can't really maintain peak fitness for like eight months. Um, So it wasn't until I got home that I started like, like I said, hitting it a lot harder um, and taking a bit more seriously. Cause then you can kind of see like a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel when offers were starting to come in and I was like, okay, when am I going to get a flight? I need to start planning all this stuff. So yeah, I would say I'm like, happy with how I've progressed. I, I'm a player that I always feel like I can get fitter and get faster because like, that's never been something that I'm naturally good at. Right. Like, for example, on our team, like Lizzie and Brogan can like run for days because like of their body type. And I've just never been like that. So that's always something that I'm aware of and something that I'm like, oh, I can always get better. Um, so while I am pleased about like where I've gone, I'm always like, oh, Emma, our sports scientist, I'm like, Emma, you need to make me faster. Like, we need to start doing more (laughs) agility or something. Brianna, one of the things that that fascinated me that when we had Nicola and Kirsty on it, um, one of the things they both referred to when the the Rangers project, if you like, when they were going professional, that was a big factor in them sort of coming up here or or signing for Rangers in those girls' cases. Because Glasgow City had such a monopoly up here for for years, it was something that I think they felt, you know, I think they're creating something really exciting here. It's something good and, and special to be involved in. I, w- I wonder if you, you felt a little bit like that yourself in October 2020. Yeah, I mean, I think I probably come in with a very, like, fresh perspective since I, like, didn't grow up here and I don't know a lot of the history of a lot of things and too much of the background of the league. But one thing that hit me when I was speaking to Rangers in general, like I had a Zoom call right before I'd actually like flown out um, in quarantine before I came, was just like 
the personalities of the people I'm like a huge believer that like you can kind of sense when there's good vibes around a club or around the girls and stuff and um, my first couple of weeks like everyone was great everyone was super welcoming and it's it's really easy to be in a team when you're already on the team and make someone who comes in feel very much on the outside and it's very easy to be threatened by players coming in to take your position it's like just the you know being a in a competitive athlete like you always want to play but I would say one thing that was great about the squad is that everyone came up spoke to me would chat like granted because it was COVID like it couldn't really like hang out with them (laughs) outside of of training um but like go for a coffee we were allowed to go for a coffee and stuff like that so I made it a point to like talk to a different girl kind of every day I was there on trial just to like get to know everyone um and then equally get to know me and that's one thing that hit me the most was just the people they had surrounding and kind of their willingness to want to bring in good players and make it competitive and that's one thing that I'm looking for like I'm never wanting to be in an environment where I'm one of the best in the team you always want to have people around you that are better because one that only makes you better but then if you're always like complacent and I'm going to start every week then you're not you're not going to push yourself on so that was one thing that I really liked about the club as well as they're like we want to keep bringing people in that are of a high standard um, and that's only going to make you better as a player. One thing as well, Brianna, I have to ask, and, and Kirsty referred to this when the the celebrations were going on for for fifty five. She was she was quite um quite vocal. She was very aware of everything that was going on over there. Is something that we are perhaps on the verge of if we continue our momentum for the next couple of months. Um, what's that like? I mean, you've said yourself you've came up here and you've maybe not understood maybe for, maybe not the proper words but um everything that's went on maybe in the last three weeks it could only have given you a hunger and an appetite to to achieve some of that for yourself yeah absolutely i mean kirsty's actually one of my roommates so i get like <laughs> every every uh game day we i wake up to simply the best being played in our house <laughs> um, but no, can you just imagine amazing. what it's going to be like on Wednesday? When oh, my goodness. Oh, imagine. Yeah, because she, she didn't even play them in a friendly. We played against them. So she's probably, <laughs> wow, I can only imagine. Um, <laughs> I'll keep her calm down before the game. Make sure she's <laughs> good, good luck with that. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, but, yeah, no, it definitely makes you excited. And I think one thing with our team, especially – with um, obviously the Glasgow City girls coming over right before the break and like even bringing in Chantel, we've only gotten stronger. And I feel even after this past lockdown period, everyone's come in with such a fresh, like raring to go attitude um, that we do have a lot of belief that we can do it. It's just, you can't overlook anyone because any sport, right? Like that's the beauty of sport is anyone can win. Um, so I think, yeah, it's exciting and it's great. And I'm pretty sure some of my teammates were actually at the training center, um, doing their running when Celtic had lost and like we won the league and they said it just erupted in like music (laughs) and stuff coming from inside the training center. It was hilarious. Um, so that's definitely exciting. Um, but yeah, again, like we can't overlook anyone and it still is a fair ways away. I think we have 12 games left if we play every single game left in the season. Yeah. Um, but that would be that'd be a dream, really. Absolutely. I remember speaking speaking to Malky when um, like not long after the after the men had won their title, and 
he was saying obviously about like that one club mentality that like both the women and the men are seen as, as equals and they're all they're all just essentially come under Rangers Football Club and you know I spoke to I think it was Kirsty who spoke to about it is like you know being a Rangers fan obviously us three are really big Rangers fans and, and Kirsty obviously included um but we were speaking about we can imagine that you know obviously not looking too far but if he's do go ahead and, and won it the men have been in the same position. It's been like 10 years since we won that title. We stopped Celtic's 10 in a row. Glasgow City won the league since I was five years old. You know, that's that's just mental. <laughs> you can only imagine what the celebrations will be like if he's going to win it, because we've celebrated the men won it, winning it. So I think fans of Rangers Football Club will actually just go, you know what, the women have won it. Let's go back to George Square and celebrate. <laughs> it and you can imagine Kirsty on the big podium. <laughs> yeah, I don't know this time if you'll be able to keep her back. Like, it was hard enough locking her in the house the first time. <laughs> I'd be curious to know how many cardboard cutouts in Malky Thompson they've sold thus far, actually. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, there's, one, uh, there's one in my kitchen, but I'll keep it there. <laughs> so, I think we've, we've spoke about the, the sort of return to form and, and the season's obviously restarted from COVID, which we know. Um, and we've had two really good Polish performances against Hearts. Uh, and Spartans. Brianna, you've played with, with two different women in, in each of these these matches, Grizzoli in the first game and then Swabi making her debut in the second. How have you found that, playing with two different kinds of partners, if you like, in there? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, I have obviously a little more time with Carly because she's been on the squad longer than Chantel. Um, but obviously you get different well, similar but different qualities from anyone you're going to play with. And previous to that, playing with Demi, you get a completely different feel as well. So for me, it's just the time you spend either in training and drills or in games. Um, and I think we have a strong enough team to circulate the three of us if needed, you know, to kind of spread minutes out between our legs, make sure that no one's picking up any injuries for the long-term benefit of the team. Yeah. Um, I think both of them are tremendous in the air, like both very tall um, commanding center backs but you obviously with Carly being a bit younger um, I definitely take a bit more of a leadership role in the sense of communicating with her maybe more on positioning where with Chantel we're I think we're about the same age me and her both played in the collegiate system but haven't had as much time together so similarly I'll I think I'm probably just a bit more vocal as it is like in terms of everyone hearing me on the pitch but Chantel talks to me the whole game. Carly's made tremendous strides in talking to me the whole game. So I think it's just getting comfortable with knowing who you're playing against. I think you could see on um, the past match, like Chantel's very comfortable stepping into the pocket and driving forward. Whereas, and to be fair, Carly did a really good job of that in the Hearts game, but um, Carly and I are definitely more center backs to just kind of be content and distribute, I think, where Chantel's a bit more maybe attacking minded in that regard. Um, so it's just really making sure you know who you're playing next to and their tendencies so you can then work off them in the proper way. I spoke to I spoke to Malky about that actually, about how she was so confident going forward. Um obviously not up to your level, Bianca, you know, I'm I'm not a professional, right? But I'm a centre back <laughs> myself and I certainly I don't think I'm the, the type to go forward because I just know for a fact it could go tits up to put it perfectly. Um, Do you play centre half? I'm I'm five eight, so it's only right I'm I'm centre half. Wow. But um, you know, I'm a pretty good one. I keep the bench one for everybody. But um, <laughs> I'm actually quite good. But 
I spoke to Milky about Chantelle and how she was going forward all the time and he's told me that she's like she's often in a midfielder as well like she kind of used to switch between the two you can just tell because she was going forward and I remember a part of the game like I remember turning around to another journalist behind me um the Spartans forward went to come take the ball off her and she just went she literally just done this like right away and I was like it's just so so funny seeing it and like I said she's just so like she's so good with speaking as well she was I remember she was speaking to to Nicola Doherty a lot because there was a lot of play going down like her side and you just mm-hmm. wouldn't think that she was on her debut for the team it was just it was mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah she definitely think- has that experience with I mean she was I think she might have been a four-year starter at Rutgers or definitely like an integral part of her team at college um, and just kind of the nature of that position you have to be the one speaking the whole time do you know what I mean? Chantel's a very like laid-back person in general like she's very content not speaking but when it comes to the pitch like you have to let everyone know where to go like you see everything so I think she fills that role quite well. Do you think that um, the one thing that's noticed me is the the quality of player that's maybe came in um, we've got internationals pretty much up and down and, and all around the the squad right now. Brianna, from your perspective, does it help if you're playing with maybe girls that are going away and playing with um, different squads, maybe learning different things, techniques, etc., at international level and then then bringing it back to the training centre? Does that help you guys and indeed your own development? Oh, absolutely. I think um, anytime you're around people better than you, it's going to make you better. And in turn, if they, they get better while they're away at camp and come back, then we're only going to get better as a team. Um, and similarly having different coaching staff at whatever international camp you're going to, they're probably telling you to do different things that might be pushing you out of your comfort zone or maybe a different style of play. And while when you come back, it's not to say we're going to change our style of play, but maybe you're going to do something different in a game because that whole week and a half at camp, that's what you've been working on. So I definitely think indirectly, it probably helps, um, that you have, so much international experience and I mean being away at international camp that's just another level step up speed of play thinking whatnot that you need to be good at and so if you can bring that back to the club setting then I think that's only going to help us in the long term. Absolutely. I think it probably feeds into what Scott's asking there regarding sort of internationals and stuff like that and I think you can sometimes tell this as a fan when you're watching games. Um, you can never really know a, a player's personality until you've really had a lot of time with them. But it does seem, and Malky agreed with this, there's leaders like all over the pitch. Um, that's not always the case at every football club. Even successful ones can have a lot of sort of quiet assassins, so to speak. But Rangers definitely has, you know, you obviously are uh, your vice captain or um, Gemma will be captain when she's playing as well. But you've got Nicola, who's not quiet. Kirsty's certainly not quiet. Um, how much does that help even as someone who captains the team having that many leaders across the pitch how easy does that job make there for you? I think that's a great thing to have everyone that's so confident in sharing what they think is going on Um, granted it's not good if it's just like everyone saying different things right like we all kind of have to be united on what we're saying (laughs) but I think one thing that I've gotten better at over the years is for example, Kirsty, right? She's very vocal. Or a midfielder, Sam. I go up to them and I'm like, what do you need from me? Right? Like, I'm not playing in your position. This is what I see. And this is maybe why I'm not playing you the ball. Or this is why I made this decision. But what do you need from me? Do you need me to play you that ball? Even if you have someone on your back, do you need me to play it over the top to turn the team over? Like, what are you seeing in your area of the field that maybe 
I'm not seeing because I'm not getting my head up quick enough. So I think that's really a thing that's helped us as a team is everyone's very comfortable giving feedback. And I think, especially after a lot of, um, in lockdown, we did like a few meetings about culture. And I think one thing that a lot of people agree on is that women in general take things a bit more personally than maybe guys do, especially on the pitch. And so that's one thing that we've really tried to kind of hammer home to every hammer home to everyone is that if someone says something to you, like it would be nice if they said it in a nice way, but they're only saying that to you because we want to win and we want to get better. And I think that's been a great thing. And you can even see like in training or in games, you turn to someone, you say, Hey, do this next time. Or Hey, next time, like maybe turn this way instead of turning this way. And they're like, okay. Instead of being like, well, you need to pass me the ball. Like you just say, okay, and get on with it. Do you know what I mean? So I think having everyone being vocal is good. And obviously it keeps the energy high too, when you just have people talking all the time and it kind of, I think could maybe like defeat the other team being like, wow, they're really like on top of us right now. How are we going to then get the ball in the other net? Graham, I'll tell you one person I've been really impressed with so far. I've been impressed with Sam Kerr hugely since the, the sort of, I've watched the Hearts and the Spartans game. I think she's been excellent, really hit the ground running. Yeah, great player. I think um, all, all the Glasgow City players obviously come in with a pedigree, um, but it doesn't always work out that way. You know, sometimes you can sign a player and it, it, they don't hit the ground run. It doesn't work. There's no fit into the team, yeah. thankfully for us, that they kind of all have. Um, but that probably leads into the, and it's kind of cheesy, but it probably leads into the, the, the culture there, doesn't it? I mean, in the fact that, you know, you're technically still a new player in a sense. Um, you joined in October, there's just slightly newer ones. But I mean, you obviously feel very comfortable with the, the team that you have around and speaking about the, the individuals that you have within it. That's probably helped an awful lot that, yeah, they came from a really successful team, but they've came into an environment that, you know, wants to win and be that, be that Glasgow City. I think when it comes to, to Rangers from the culture that you have in across the entire squad, it's not about winning one title. Um, and I include men, the youth teams, the women, whatever in that. It's about winning the 56 now. Do you know what I mean? You don't like settle on your laurels. And I think that's what they'll be wanting to come in and do. But they need that environment, I think, to, to flourish. And I think the fact that, you know, Kirsty, I mean, I, I, the other day, I didn't get to catch the game the other day because at Middlesbrough, obviously, and I text Courtney and I said, what's the score? And she's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, okay, I bet you 10 quid that Kirsty scored at least two. And it was just like, you've just got that confidence in a player who's effectively played five games. Yeah, um, and that probably just speaks to the culture that you've you've currently got in in Rangers Women Football Club. I mentioned Sam Kerr in like my match report, and it's like I remember speaking. I can't even remember who I was speaking to, but she reminds me of like I don't know if you're familiar, but Jordan Nobbs. She's an England national midfielder. Yeah, her work rate is just incredible. She doesn't stop. Like from the first from the first whistle to the last, she was incredible. Obviously, she didn't get a goal against them Spartans, but in the midfield, she's just she's crazy. A link up play with like Lizzie and. Um, Kirsty, it just goes. I think she's one of those players that go really unnoticed sometimes, and you know, just she's just mad. She just wouldn't stop the full game. And like I said, she really does remind me like a, a Jordan Nobbs type player, one that you maybe don't hear the hype about as much, but she just does really, really well. And she was, I remember she was communicating well with you as well, like communicating with like Brianna from the back and Kirsty from the front. And by like all three parts of the pitch were all in sync, I think that's just it, just worked really well. It doesn't surprise me though, because like. I follow Sam and her on, on uh, Instagram now, mainly for coffee recommendations rather than oh, yeah. <laughs> football reasons. Like, so when it comes to energy, I get the feeling I know where that comes from. Um, 
would you say there are there as big as coffee addicts as they come across on Instagram? Because <laughs> I've took many recommendations because they're in the south side. I'm in the south side. Mm -hmm. I would say that Nick Doc, a thousand percent, definitely as much as she talks about and posts about it. Sam, I can't confirm or deny. I think being friends with Nick, she's probably maybe more of a coffee addict, but she definitely loves coffee. There's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, Nick's coffee crazy. She gives everyone the recommendations. Yeah, I mean, I've been picking up one or two because um, she's, it's always Southside. I think she's in like some, I, I think she mentioned she was somewhere in Southside and it's always mm -hmm. places where I've just moved from to just moved to, moved from Queens Park to Mount Florida. And it's like, go to that one. But she goes to that many that fast that I can't actually catch up with her. So it just becomes pointless. So I just <laughs> end up going to the, the local one. But I do have to take on some, I was going to say recommendations as if she's recommending them to me. She's not. She's recommending them to everyone. But I do need to take she's on. She's recommending for the greater good, you know. She is. And it's always local and independent. And I like that. I like that. Turn into the That's Rangers Women's TripAdvisor podcast, is it not? Um, <laughs> I should have like a coffee special, I think, you know, it just it seems right. I've never seen a bunch of like footballers love coffee so much in all my life. I thought I liked coffee and it's just it's a completely new world to me what the coffee they, they drink. Diana, we've obviously got two really big games coming up um, in the next week. A uh, big game at home, the training centre on Sunday, Hibs come to town. Um, and a wee while we'll look ahead to, to where we're going um, next Wednesday. I just wonder where you can give us an insight into to where the, the squads are looking ahead to, to Hibs on Sunday just now. Yeah, we're just really focusing. I think Mal you said Malky alluded to this. We're focusing on what we need to be doing. Um, but we have had a few like analysis sessions on maybe the tendencies of Hibs um, that being said, they could show up on Sunday and do something completely different. So we have to be prepared to adapt to that. Um, but I think we've been, they've been trying, typically what they try to do is look at the team that we're playing and then kind of set up the sessions to lead into the game. So if a team's going to press you really high, we'd have sessions where the back four is getting pressed a lot. So we're figuring out how to get out of that. So it's not like, oh my gosh, what do we do when the game comes on Sunday? Yeah. Um, so they've been quite good about that and they kind of break it up. So it's not like all this information at once. It's kind of like, we'll, we'll usually do like a recap, um, the first zoom of the week on the game we had just played. What's good. What's bad. Let's talk about it, air it out. And then we move on from that. And then the next session will be okay. Looking ahead in the week, this is kind of what we're trying to accomplish. And this is what we're going to do this day. This is what we're going to do this day. And the previous zoom will like show us footage of why we're doing that. So it's all very intentional with um, the footage they break down as well as what we do in training. So we've just been focusing on being patient because at least the previous two games, the teams we played have kind of sat in on us and it can get quite frustrating when you feel like you're on top of a team the whole game and you're not quite breaking through to get that goal. I mean, even on last Sunday against Spartans, they, they held us off for quite a while. And I think you could feel a little bit on the pitch frustrations yeah. rising. Um, so we're trying to be better about it's okay if we don't score right away. Um, it would be great if we could score in the first five minutes every game, but that's never going to happen. Um, so we've just been trying to work on certain thing, general things that we need to be better at as a team as well. And just instead of being frustrated, how can we encourage each other? How can we go again? How can we figure out how to break them down? 
in in real time as opposed to like waiting till halftime to talk about it. Um, so we're just always trying to figure out how to be just that little bit better as a team as well. Courtney, I saw uh, last week Sam Kerr had said that one of the things she was trying to improve to her game as a midfielder was that classic sort of ghosting in, if you like. Um, she obviously scored the, the header against Hearts, um, but I think she was trying to, to sort of improve that side of her game when she was maybe arriving late in the box. I, I think if Brianna is, is absolutely spot on, if, if Hibs play with that traditional low block, which we've heard a lot about following the men's team this season, um, Sam could Sam could be quite important at the weekend, yeah? Sam could be quite important at the weekend, Courtney. Oh, sorry. I just literally went in a mind blank there. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm you, need, you, need, you need some coffee, mate. I do need some coffee. It's been 10 minutes since my last one. That's a long time. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I think um, she's one player that can can break up a, a low block. Um, I think one thing that Rangers have got that not many other players have got is just so many players with such speed. Like maybe in teams, it's like one or two players that you can count on to run past you. But like Lizzie Arnott, Kirsty Howitt, Brogan Haven, she's on. Wow, no chance of catching her when she's on the pitch. Even like Claire Gamel, like her goal last Sunday was just magnificent. Like I was so honoured to see that in person. I actually couldn't believe it. I was like, it literally, I can't even put any words, it bent round like the defence. It was unbelievable. But going back to Sam Kerr, I think, um, put my wee word on, I think she'll get a goal like, on Sunday. I'll put, I'll put a wee fiver on it. Graham, I feel looking to put it as well. Uh, I'm not a betting man because I am horrendous at, um, if, I'll say, if I say something, something else happens. Um, I think I've got one prediction right this year, which is horrific. Um, I wanted to kind of maybe touch on something that we've we've touched on before in previous podcasts, but from a from a different angle. Obviously, you spoke to Nick, we've spoke to um, Kirsty, we've spoke to players who've been involved in the UK game and grew up in the UK game. You've obviously come from a, a different angle. Did, did you grow up in California? Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Um, Sounds terrible, doesn't it? I know. I'm 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 imagine all that sun. Oh. <laughs> Baptism <laughs> of fire coming to Glasgow and Newcastle, geez. Um, <laughs> one thing I find quite interesting is I think everyone says, you know, the game in the UK is catching up. It's great to see the likes of Alex Scott now presenting sort of football focus. It's, it's fantastic to see that stuff. But it's great to see basically the basic of the women's game is getting popular, You're getting superstars in there, you know what I mean? There's, there's Lucy Bronze, there's... Beth Mead, there's um, a lot of American players coming over. Abby Dahl came out, obviously been over. Alex Morgan's been over this 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 season as well. And that was seen as a big thing because American superstars coming over to the English game was like, well, we must be doing something right. Um, you've been involved in an environment that treats women's football, in my opinion, definitely equally as, as men's football. That hasn't always been the case in the UK, whether we want to admit that or not. Um, but it's getting better. But do you think the UK is catching up with the investment that maybe other countries uh, are putting into women's football, not, not just America. I think Denmark, Germany have done the same. But do you think the UK is sort of catching up to to where it should be, in my opinion? Yeah, um, definitely just hearing about, you know, especially when big men's clubs decide to fund a women's team and stuff like that. I think it's maybe slightly different because I would, because over here, right, like, you kind of go academy and then professional, that would kind of be your pathway. Whereas in the US, it's more you have a club team and then 
you're working to go to college and represent your college. And that's it. I mean, that's essentially the same in, in, in the capacity where it's like your full-time job because you're training every day and they're for the most part, if you get a scholarship, they're like paying your education. Um, so I think it's, a little different because obviously there's a lot of money invested into collegiate sport in the U.S. in general. It's such a big money maker, um, and I would say though, like for the professional league in the U.S., it's only in like recent years the leagues folded quite a few times in the past because of lack of money, and it's only in more recent years that they're trying to be smarter about expanding it, um, and you know, paying women an appropriate amount and whatnot but I would say it's really great to see even obviously Rangers going completely full-time that's like a huge step and the hope is that all other clubs in Scotland will eventually make that step it doesn't doesn't mean it's going to happen next season but that would be the hope so I think that's great that Rangers have decided yeah we're going to be kind of the ones to hopefully pave that way sorry no no it's all right Um, and it does feel like it's it's grown sort of team on team. There's a lot more teams. I think Burnley, obviously a, a third division English footballer, the, the men's side of taking on that side of it as well. And you see everything move up. And obviously from the position I'm in with, with my football club, one thing you see straight away is an investment in media and social media and getting it onto not just the men's Twitter, the women's Twitter, getting it onto the, like, for example, the Burnley Twitter. And it's great to see is frustrating because it is for me in the same division. Um, <laughs> but that's by the by. Um, Newcastle have obviously done a, a, a great job of that as well. They've took that on board also. Um, but it's just, I think in America, maybe, and you could maybe direct me, you'll know a lot better than this. A lot of the time it feels like it's um, a lot of focus on growing up and making sure that people become professional footballers. But it's a lot of it's geared towards the, the national team where maybe that's maybe the difference, I think, maybe over here in the UK is that a lot of it's geared, like you say, going through an academy and, and going on, whereas America's college, playing for a team and then kind of maybe branching out in Europe or other leagues and, and then having a really strong national team because there's no doubt that the American national team dominated for years um, and there's obviously something in it. But how far away do you, do you think we are from matching sort of those heights, the UK as a whole, England, Scotland, whichever countries you may name in Europe? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I mean, I think one thing that just always makes a huge difference is difference is like the sheer population of players in the yeah. United States. Like, and I think I was asked this question that I never really thought about um, before, like the other day, but someone had asked me, Oh, did you ever talk about with some of your teammates, how, you know, you growing up, there was a lot of women's like youth football available to you where I was playing with all girls and probably for a lot of your teammates, like they had to play on boys teams. And I was like, I never really thought about that because obviously I was just surrounded by the opportunity where I lived um, based on it. We always make it a running joke. Like everyone in America has played soccer at one point in their life, because that's just kind of like what you do. You just kind of throw your kid into it. Um, And piggybacking off that, like when you go to college, like there are so many incredible players that you play against. And then, you know, more people are born and then there's more incredible players that you play against. It just seems like there's no limit to that. So I think in one sense, the U S has a tremendous advantage, if you will, on the sense that we have so much option. Like I know so many incredible players that never get a look for the U S team that are so good. Um, So I'm not sure like necessarily how far off that would be, but um, I think it would just to continue to push for like, in your clubs and stuff full professional status and like you even see a lot of the women's u.s national team fighting kind of like 
the pay gap battle um, and whatnot. So I think it just starts with everyone needs to buy into like respect the women's game. Like it's, it's not going to be the same. It doesn't mean it's not enjoyable to watch. No, not at all. Half the time, I, I, I enjoy it 10 times more. I am a Sunderland fan, so I don't get much success. But um, <laughs> at the same time, it's I, I've, I think a lot of the time as well, there's probably, I think Nicholas said this, um, it's frustrating that so much time is spent on the comparisons as well. Mm. That's probably really, really frustrating. Um, naturally, I think it does come up, which is why I kind of maybe want to speak more about the, the investment side of things. Um, Another kind of question I would maybe ask, why do you think so many of the, you know, the American superstars, like I'm a big Avi Dahlkemp fan, like which you'll probably be as well, I imagine, because of obviously same position. Um, why do you think, or what do you think the UK is doing to bring those sort of superstars over? Why are American players who could play anywhere in the world coming over to the WSL and, and the, the leagues? Why do you think that is? Um, I mean, I can't speak for any of them because of I'm not personal friends with any of them. But <laughs> for, for me, I think part of it would be one could be experience. That's a huge reason why I'm I'm over here is like different mm -hmm. experience, different culture pushes your comfort zone, right? Another thing I would say is like the the style, like the coaching you get. Um, I would say that for a really long time in America, it was just can you outrun people? Can you be more physical than people? And that's how we're going to win games is because we're athletically going to be better than all of our opposition. They can't hang with us for 90 minutes. I would say in the last, I don't know, five years or so, they've been better about, oh, this person can actually like play football. And we're going to start bringing in people who maybe are more technical and don't have the sheer athletic ability, but are still really quality players. Um, not to say that the previous players weren't of standard, but I think over here, there's more of an emphasis on your technical ability, your tactical ability. Can you read the game well? And I think, I mean, from personal experience growing up, I can't tell you how many times coaches would say you're too slow. And I would come back with, well, I don't need to be fast if I can outthink their forward. Like, but that's just the mentality that I experienced a lot growing up. And a lot of the times when I had coaches who were foreign, they, they liked me a lot more because I grew up watching the Premier League every weekend with my mom. And so a lot of kids my age didn't do that. Um, and so I had a bit of a better base knowledge, but I think probably just for a different challenge. And there's a lot of American players that go into teams that are highly successful and they don't play. And that's, that's hard for them. And that's different for them. And it makes them work really hard. Like, was it Kelly O'Hara or Heather O'Reilly? I can never remember which one went to Arsenal. Arsenal? No. Yeah. Heather O'Reilly, yeah. O'Reilly, And yeah. she had a great little career there, right? But then similarly, there's been other players to come over and not really play a lot. I mean, Alex Morgan, granted, just had a child, but, like, she didn't really play a lot at Tottenham. No, so, I just didn't at all, though. Like Rose Lavelle as well, she's always benched and it baffles me because she's literally world-class one of them. Yeah, I, I'm not happy about that. That's a sore point. <laughs> <laughs> Why does she not play? <laughs> I don't know. It could be the team. It could be they're True. wanting certain things out of the midfield. I mean, Man City's pretty stacked with players. So Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, she goes to the U.S. and she starts on the U.S. team. So, again, like for her... I don't know, does she take that on board as, well, this is my challenge right now, and that's only going to make her that much better? You just don't know. You don't know if she's been struggling with injury. You just you don't know. 
maybe we're catching up. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> maybe we could look at that point. Maybe we're catching up, but I, I feel that might not be the case. But nonetheless, I can I can have a fake belief in it, can't I? So Brianna, we sit um, we sit top of the league just now on on goal difference. Of course, Glasgow City are, are on our tails. We're seven ahead as far as goals are concerned. Um, and as I say, a big game just around the corner next Wednesday when when we travel to to Celtic. Probably looking for a little bit of payback after what happened earlier in the season, obviously. Um, I just wonder, um, some of the Rangers supporting um, members of the team may just have a, an eye on that game next Wednesday night and seeking a wee bit of revenge there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's never fun to lose a game, let alone to Celtic, um, yeah. especially in the way that we did. Like, yeah. let's give up a penalty in the last couple of seconds <laughs> of the game. Why not? Um, it would have been Rangers if that didn't happen. It would not, uh, you know, it was like maybe it could have been the hiccup we needed to address some things in the team. You never know. Yeah. It could be the best thing that ever happened to us, which definitely didn't feel like that in the moment. But yeah, um, yeah I think again, like Celtic have signed a f- like maybe five players or something since like the restarter, the Christmas period. Um, so we'll be seeing a team that'll be slightly different. Um, but similarly, they'll see a team that's slightly different than we had. And I feel like we're leaps and bounds ahead of where we were the first time we played them in terms of chemistry and fluidity within the team. Um, so it should be an exciting game. It'll definitely be a physical match. You're always going to get a physical match. Um, I just would hope everyone's up for the game. That's the main thing is that you don't shy away from that challenge. And you really get stuck into challenges and you just execute. Um, I mean, I personally love high pressure games, but you just got to make sure everyone on the team is up to that task because we can't have people being like, Oh my gosh, we're playing Celtic today. It's like, no, you should be excited. We're playing Celtic today. Like what a good day. <laughs> Graham, one of the things that, that strikes me is that Celtic are obviously still in the mix there. I just mm-hmm. wonder if a victory against them next Wednesday, um, doesn't eliminate them as such, but it would certainly make them harder if, if the ladies continue in the, the form that they're in just now. I think it would be a lot harder for, for Celtic to catch them if if we can take care of them next Wednesday night. It's a, I think it's a psychological advantage, isn't it? I think um, that's how people sort of viewed the other game because I think for some for some reason, which you can't do, people sort of almost discounted Glasgow City because Celtic and Rangers have gone professional, which I don't think you can do at any point. Glasgow yeah. City are a great team. Um, they might have lost players, but they're, you know, they're, they're a well-oiled machine. And there's a reason they've won the league so often. There's a reason they they play Champions League. So you can't discount that. But I think, um, and, and maybe you would agree with me on this, everyone on the call, but the defeat against Celtic was probably, in my opinion, you never want to say what you need is a defeat. But it certainly helped because the forms that came after that, Glasgow City, we've touched on quite a bit. You don't just go to a team like Glasgow City who have just give all the platitudes to and just hammer five. No, you just don't do it. No one's done it in forever. Yeah. Um, and, and Rangers did. So I think if you back up that form since the last old firm with a win um, at Celtic, yeah, it's a big psychological advantage. But I'm going to do the old Stephen Gerrard slash Marky Thompson uh, game at a time. Um, game at a time because I, I think and I, and I mean this wholeheartedly and I mean this with, with any team that I follow I would take 
four derby defeats, two derby defeats, if it meant we won the league every season. Because ultimately, success is not about one game, it's about a combination of games. Um, but it would be nice if we did both win the league and beat them and got a bit of revenge on it. Because the last game was so tight. It was like, if I'm completely honest, I think some people have said Rangers were the better team, some people have said Celtic. I think it was an even game. I think there was chances on either side. Um, but I'd quite, I'm quite excited to see us with the reinforcements that are in there as well, added with the players that are now gelled into the team and, and see how that goes. But I'm trying, to get a, I'm trying to get a media pass for the Celtic game, so I have to be as nice as I possibly can be. Best behaviour. Yes. I'm already going to be there, so I'll be there with my work stuff. I'm not yet. Brianna, I think Graham's absolutely right. He, he obviously refers to um, Stephen Gerrard and one game at a time and remaining humble, etc., etc., etc. I'm sure that 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 Malky Thompson is is absolutely drilling you guys in exactly the same manner. Don't look too far ahead. It has to be Hibs on Sunday first. Yeah, absolutely. Like we haven't even touched on Celtic at all. Hibs obviously is the first challenge that we need to tackle. Um, and then we'll debrief from the game on the Monday, and then we'll be right on to Celtic with a bit of a quicker turnaround than we're used to. Um, but yeah, no, we haven't talked about Celtic at all this week. It's not even in our minds. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. So, that's probably the best answer, isn't it? It's absolutely. I, I don't think there's anything you can you can influence or, or affect just now. It has to be all about um, what we do on Sunday. That that has to be the sort of the first obstacle in, in the way. Um, and then from Sunday tea time, we can look forward to it and Kirsty can put mm. something to the best on repeat. <laughs> and and hips, are, hips are a good side as well. I mean, it's um, not to say that there's any bad teams in the league, but Hibs are a great side. They've got Scotland internationals in there like Rachel Boyle. Um, they've had a good couple of wins since they've came back. So I think I sound like I've got a manager's head on here because obviously the important one is obviously the old firm. But I think if I you went into... Yeah, I mean, but if you went into the Hibs game half-heartedly or with half an eye on the game on Wednesday, Hibs are the kind of side that could quite easily turn any team over in this league on the day. Um, they're certainly not a bad side. I think last time we played Hibs, it was it was 1-0, so that shows how tight it can be. Um, I, I certainly think it's not just a professional way to deal with it. I think it's probably the right way to deal with it as well because Hibs finished second last year for a reason, and that's because they were a good side. So I think winning, beating Hibs, Probably the currently probably the fourth best side, uh, the best non-professional side in the in the division, most likely. I think that's obviously a big step as well. I think it's two really big tests. I think if you come through both of them, talking about confidence boost you get from the old firm game, a, a, a win against Hibs and Celtic, or, or four points from from the two games would be huge. I think a huge psychological advantage. So, Brianna, I'm not going to ask you for a prediction. However, I am going to ask my two colleagues, and I think first of all. Courtney looks ready, so we'll go to Graham first. Um, your prediction for the game on Sunday, go for it. Well, Kirsty Howard will score two because Kirsty Howard. Um, oh, plus it to him. We'll, we'll, plus, <laughs> we'll plus two in it. It's true, but isn't it? Um, I think 3 1, 3 1, which you might not be too happy with, Brianna, because that means we concede, but. I know. You're getting clear that. Confidence. I'll go 3-1, 3-1, but it could be a 3-0. I'll go 3-1. Bear in mind my predictions are never right, so if I say 3-1, it could be 3-0, so I'll say 3-1. It's the reason you don't bet, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much, mate, yeah. I'm, honestly, I'm horrendous at betting. I've won two bets in my life. 
Um, there's just no point. It's just me basically wasting money and <laughs> pretending I'm having fun doing it. No point. Courtney, same question to you. Going, going off of the, like, obviously, it was a 1-0 against Swatons in November. He's won 5-0 last week. Hibs, you know, he's better than 1-0 last time. There's been huge developments in the team. They've scraped two wins the last two weeks. I'm going to go 4-0. 4-0. I'm not going to say he's going to score, because if I say Kirsty Howitt, Graham will come back and text me. You copied me, so I'm not even going to say who's going to score. <laughs> but sure. I, will say, I will say Sam Carroll get a goal. I can feel it. Kirsty Howitt fanboy here, eh? So I, I felt, I thought 4 nothing, and I, I would expect uh, Lizzie Arnott to get a couple. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if Kirsty gets on the score sheet as well at the weekend, because she's in a really rich vein of form. Um, and if the Scotland national team are watching, then they can't help but take notice. Um, Brianna, before I, I, I let you go, fully appreciated your time. It's been great having you on. I just want to understand what it means to be captaining Rangers Football Club. Oh, well, I really came out of left field. Um, Malky just kind of pulled me aside one day and was like, you're going to be the captain this weekend. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, first of all, it's like a huge honor. Very humbled that they placed that trust in me. Um, but like we talked about earlier with everyone being so vocal, it's no, it's not that my voice matters any more than anyone else's. I think everyone has a place on the team and everyone's very comfortable sharing it. And basically my job is, I mean, just as a player at Rangers is to represent in the proper way. And then I have to go do the coin toss at the beginning. So I don't really <laughs> see it. I don't see it too much as too much difference into my game. I'm obviously very honored that they think of me in that uh, highly of a regard. But um, yeah, that's what I would say about it. I was surprised and then obviously very, very humbled by it. Courtney, um, thoroughly enjoyed having you on this week. Thanks again. We'll do it all again in two weeks from now where hopefully we'll speak about three wins on the back, um, Hibs, Celtic and I think Forfar are in there as well before our next um, get together. Thank you for joining me. Graham, um, as always, thanks for coming on. Uh, hopefully your team begins to pick up some victories so you can look Don't a bit ask. more cheerily. Don't ask about that. Though. I'm sitting in the dark with the sad songs playing at the minute. No Honestly, I feel like the darkness has transcended on me during the podcast. It really has. On, so. It really has. Absolutely. Dear me. Brianna, I, I, I really... I really appreciate you you coming on the pod. It is um it's great that the, the club are are putting you guys up and, and giving us um an hour of your time. So I really appreciate you joining me. Thanks very much. Well thank and you very much for having me. Uh, we like to do this as well, don't we, Scott? Who do you recommend yep. for the next podcast? That's a great shout. That's a great shout. <laughs> Ooh, who do I recommend? Yep. Hmm. Was doing it the last time she went into the changing room after the podcast, I've got, there was some people like, "Don't pick me, don't pick me, I don't want to do it." So, uh, <laughs> I'd like to find out who we can get on the next time. Yeah, mm, let's see. Who would give you a good laugh? Sam would give you a good laugh. She's a Sam. funny girl. Um, Rachel's quite well spoken. Um, I love Lizzie. She doesn't like doing interviews, so don't do Lizzie. <laughs> oh, she loves a few um, well, That's good. <laughs> and then, I mean. Gemmel's just class. Like she's just an amazing person to have in the team. Um, so yeah, those will be some recommendations for you. Honestly, everyone's great, and everyone would give you an interview. Um, if you <laughs> Sam just comes to mind because she's just funny. She's just a funny girl. <laughs> and coffee and coffee recommendations. 
be that too. So with it, hopefully some results like the Celtic game and stuff. So it'll be, a, it'll be a big discussion. I think we should get Melky on as a second guest, just surely because <laughs> just because of the games that are coming up. We'll do that yet. Yeah. Listen, with any luck, and um, we'll get Malky on with a medal in the not too distant future. So let's look at look ahead to that look forward to that so my name's been scott patterson it's been brianna courtney and graham we really appreciate your time this week we do it all again in two weeks good luck to the ladies on sunday and then wednesday against hibernian and Celtic respectively thanks for watching bye-bye Fire's raging, I'm shaking.